Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Your getaway with Apple Vacations begins the moment you step on board one of our exclusive non-stop vacation flights. Escape the ordinary with packages starting at just $599. No layovers, just pure relaxation from takeoff to touchdown. Immerse yourself in the joy of travel with Apple Vacations. Your journey is as enchanting as the destination, so pack your bags and leave the rest to us. Visit AppleVacations.com or call your local travel advisor to book your vacation. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. All right, it is Open Championship Week, one of my favorite weeks in the golf season. I love the Open Championship or the British Open as it is sometimes called. People have that uh, discussion. It seems like all the time is it the Open Championship or the British Open. I always refer to it as British Open, but uh, it seems like uh, lately everybody calls it the Open Championship. And then uh, some people get bent out of shape when people call it the, the, the British Open. But Phil Mickelson had an interesting tweet that he sent out and he said that every year I come over here uh, there's a debate on if it's the Open or the British Open and he went on to say the Earl of Airlie referred to it as the British Open when awarding Bobby Jones the Claret Jug in 1930 at Hoy Lake and both are acceptable so there you go for anybody that thinks it has to be called the Open Championship, it can also be referred to as the British Open. All right, so why is this one of my favorite terms? I love the fact that the elements play such a big uh, factor in the golf tournament. Uh, I love the fact that for the most part, and I'm thinking with the exception of maybe the the one year when I think back at uh, Carnoustie where the golf course got a little unruly, but for the most part, they really just leave the golf course alone. And it it really is determined by, you know, the, the way the golf course plays is determined by the weather during the tournament and the, the weather leading up to the tournament. I mean, if it's a, a dry, you know, summer, then uh, the golf course is probably not going to have a lot of rough. And if it's a wet summer, it's going to have a lot of rough because, I mean, they don't have wall-to-wall irrigation systems over at the uh, British Open golf courses. And I, I like that. I like the fact that they don't try to control the scores. 
uh, that the, you know whatever the the score is, that's the score, and the the tournament is really the thing that uh, stands out. And I like that. I like the fact that generally speaking, there's a pretty darn good uh, leaderboard at the Open Championship, and I like the different style of play. I like the fact that it's a it's a game that's played more along the ground. It's not you know something that we typically see in the United States. You want to keep the ball down. Because of the wind conditions that typically are at the Open Championship and and the courses over there in England and Scotland and Ireland, you have to leave openings in front of the green so that you can roll the ball up, hit the ball low, bounce it in. It's a different style of play. I like the fact that uh, around the greens, you see a lot of different shots. Some players will pitch it. Some players will chip it. A lot of times players putt it. I like that play around the, the the greens. I've just always liked the I, I've liked the uh, Open Championship. I just uh, always always have, and I got I have some incredible memories of the Open Championship. I mean, not the least of which is when uh, Marco Mero won in uh, 1998. Uh, I wasn't there, but I was uh, watching intently on TV because Mark was my uh, prize student for so many years. And uh, when he won in 1998, he beat Brian uh, Watt in a, a, a playoff, a three-hole three-hole playoff. And they were playing at uh, Royal Birkdale, which is uh, one of my favorite golf courses. And it was also the golf course that Mark O'Meara won the Lawrence Batley Invitational on the European Tour. And I happened to be caddying for him during that event. Mark and I went over there just to hang out and, you know, buddy around and we stayed together and I caddied for him and he ended up winning that golf tournament in epic fashion, hold two full seven irons on the last day uh, and uh, ended up winning by, I don't know, one or two shots, but it was, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I never forget, never forget that. And that was the tournament when I, I gave him the wrong yardage about a, a two or three times. Actually, I did it once in the practice round. And then he he, he said, give me that yardage book. And when he sailed a six iron over the green, when I added instead of subtracted, when I was telling him how far he was, you know, it was like 160 uh, minus, you know, eight. And I added eight. So I said, it's 168. And it was supposed to be uh, 152. And he sailed one right over the green, and that was the end of me having the the whole uh, control of the of the yardage book. But then I managed to give him another bad yardage. I'm reminiscing here. I managed to give him another bad yardage on the tenth hole uh, of the championship. We uh, had, actually it was like on a Friday, I think. We played the the back nine first. So we came around to the front nine, and of course you have your pin sheets, and I. Uh, I, I told him, that, you know, the pin's, you know, 30 on and it's five from the right. And he, he, he looks at the green, you know, from a distance. Says, Are you sure that pin's five from the right? I said, yeah, yeah. And I showed him, you know, here, 30 on, five from the right. And sure enough, we, you know, but he had a long shot. I mean, it was like a three iron into the green. Uh, anyway, we get up there and the pin's like right on the left-hand side of the green. And he goes, he says, how did you come up with, with that yardage? I said, and I, I looked at my pin sheet. Of course, I was looking at at the 10th hole because it was our 10th hole, but we were on the first hole. 
And, and, and then I said, hey, what difference does it make? You're hitting a three iron anyways. Just hit it anywhere on the green. That was a great shot. But anyway, uh, we, we had, we had fun with, with, with that moment. But, but I remember the golf course, Royal Burkdale, and I love that golf course. And Mark always played that golf course so well. So that was, uh, it was cool to see him win the 1998 open championship at uh royal burkdale for his second major in, in a year of course he won the masters uh, that year as well that's one of my great open championship uh memories and uh and i've got i've got some other ones i've got some i've got some incredible ones uh with tiger that i want to i, I want to share with you uh one when he won at uh saint andrews and another one when he won at Hoy Lake, and that was 2005, 2006. He won the Open Championship two years back to back when uh, I was coaching him. So that was uh, pretty cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, share those memories with you and my stories from those tournaments uh, when, we, uh, when we come back. But if you want some help with your golf game, remember to go to HaneyUniversity.com and register so you can get my instructional videos that we send out all the time. And you will be on your way to playing better golf. You can also do a couple other things. One, you can find some great uh, deals at HaneyUniversity.com. Free shipping on everything. Some great training aids. uh, Phenomenal uh, pull cart. The best there is. uh, A great range finder. A great launch monitor. A lot of good stuff on there. But to get the free instructional videos. So make sure you sign up for those. Uh, you can also send your swings in to golf schools at hankaney.com. And for free, one of my great instructors, either the great predictor, Steve Johnson, or one of my other instructors will analyze those swings for you for free, absolutely free, and get back to you in short order with some advice on what you can do to help your game. And then you combine that with watching my instructional videos from HaneyUniversity.com, and you will be on your way to playing better golf this year. So go there and, and check it out. All right, we'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. So every time one of these major championships, one of these big tournaments rolls around, it brings back memories for me. And the Open Championship, as I said, is uh, definitely one of those tournaments. I love the Open Championship. I always liked going over to the Open Championship. When I was uh, with uh, Mark O'Meara and when I was with Tiger Woods, we used to go over there and practice before, like oftentimes the week before we go over and go to Ireland and practice the week before. So, I mean, it was, these, these were always in, in, incredible memories for me. Um, but the, the, the thoughts that came to my mind immediately when I thought about the Open Championship was uh, when Tiger won in 2005 at St. Andrews. Of course, St. Andrews, the home of golf, an incredible golf course. If you've never played St. Andrews, it's definitely a, a bucket list uh, golf course to play, bucket list uh, moment uh, for sure. And I've uh, been lucky enough to play there, but also even more lucky to walk around and watch great players play it, which, you know, that, that's always been more fun to me, for me, to be honest with you. Like people would say like, Hank, have you ever played this course or ever played that course? And like, if it's a course that I've watched a major championship on, honestly, I really like, like when I w used to watch a major championship on a course, I didn't like think to myself, oh, I'd love to go play this course. Because it was almost like I, I've, I've watched people play it the way you're supposed to play it. And a way that I definitely couldn't play it because because on my best day I couldn't play like Mark O'Meara or Tiger Woods, and you know what? 
I, I didn't have any desire to play those courses because I've seen them played the way that you're, you're supposed to play it. But in 2005, when Tiger won at, at, at St. Andrews, uh, you know, he blew away the field there. I forget how many he won by. It was like six or eight or something like that. It was a bunch. I mean, it was never really, really in doubt. Uh, and he was really ready to play that that tournament. I remember the week before we went over to the Open Championship, and the, and the week before, or you know, two weeks before, I can't remember exactly what it was, but leading up to it, we were all gearing up for the Open Championship. And 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 make no mistake about it, when the Open Championship is at St Andrews, it's it's just a little bit more special. I mean, it just it just is. Uh, you know, the Masters, is, the, the special tournaments are the Masters. You know, the PGA is the PGA. It's a great, great tournament. The U.S. Open's a, a, a you know, great tournament. It doesn't matter where the U.S. Open's played. It doesn't matter where the, the, the PGA is played. It, they're all the same. They're U.S. Opens and PGAs. It's just the way it is. Uh, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines meant more to Tiger Woods. But other than that, they're, they're all the same. The Masters is special. And the Open Championship at St. Andrews is special. I mean, op- any Open Championship is great, but a, an Open Championship at St. Andrews is, is is special. And I remember the 2005 leading up to, to St. Andrews, you know, Tiger was really, he was really tuned in to trying to win that golf tournament. And one of the big things you have to do at St. Andrews is there's, there's a couple things you have to do. One, you have to keep the ball out of the bunkers. You have to do that pretty much at every open championship. And the, and the reason being is, is that because it's so windy over in Scotland, Ireland, England, it's so windy that the bunkers are extremely deep. If they weren't deep, then all the sand would just blow right out of the bunkers, which it can do anyways. But But by making them deeper... It keeps the sand in the bunkers. So when you hit it in a bunker, a sand trap, at an open championship, I mean, you're pretty much chipping out. I mean, sometimes you're sideways, sometimes you're backwards, but you're definitely not advancing to knocking it on the green. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big difference between golf as it's played pretty much, you know, other places in the world and how it's played at a, a open championship. So you've got to keep the ball out of the out of the bunkers at St Andrews, and you have to be able to lag putt. You have to, now the greens aren't aren't fast because they can't have them fast because they've got a plan on the fact that we could have forty mile an hour winds, and if you have a forty mile an hour wind and you have sloped greens, which not many of them are, but when you get to the back corner there at St Andrews. Uh, you know, like eight, nine, ten. I mean, you get some slope greens, and if the ball if the ball's moving on the green, then they got to stop play. So they're never going to have the greens that fast at the Open Championship because of, of the potential fact that the wind could come up to forty or fifty miles an hour, and they don't want to stop play and not be able to finish because you you can't get the ball to stop on the green. So that's one of the main reasons why the greens are a lot slower at the Open Championship. So if you're preparing for an Open Championship, you have to get prepared for your lag putting, and especially at St. Andrews because St. Andrews has all these double greens. 
Matter of fact, you, you know, there, there's double greens pretty much everywhere. I mean, like, okay, 17's not a double green, 18's not a double green, one's not a double green, but pretty much the the rest of the holes are all double greens. So, so you've got you've got you know like like number two is a double green with with number sixteen, and you, you see so you, these greens are huge, and it's it's kind of difficult to really miss a green, but you're gonna you could be on the green at St Andrews, but you're gonna have a you know a hundred foot putt or or more or more, so you have to be able to hit great lag putts, and you also have to have great touch from putting from off the green. Well, these are are you know two shots that you really don't have a lot in the in the United States. You just you, you really don't. So you really want to be practicing your your lag putting. And I remember uh, how dialed in Tiger was practicing his his lag putting. I remember the 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 week of the Western Open, we would find the longest putts on the putting green and just practice them and practice them and practice them. So he could, even though the speed wasn't exactly the same, because on the U.S. course, as a PGA Tour, I mean, the greens all roll pretty much, you know, uh, you know, 11 on the stem meter. And they're pretty much the same every single week. But still, it's just, it was getting the feeling of hitting hitting long putts. And then when, when you know, we got to St. Andrews, Tiger spent an inordinate amount of time compared to how he used to practice putting long leg putts. And of course, there's plenty of time to practice and there's not much to do over there. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, well, I mean, it's not like you're watching a bunch of television stations because they don't even have a bunch of television stations over there. So so what is there to do when it's light till 11 o'clock at night, which is which is pretty much when it gets dark over there. It's only dark at, at in the, the, the summer over in Scotland. It's only dark for a few hours. And so we would go out to that the putting green and just practice and practice and practice. And I, I always loved that. I mean, I loved the 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 more we practiced, the more I liked it. And the more we practiced, the more I felt like, you know what, this tournament is is over. It's over. Now, you know, uh, a lot of it is contingent on getting a good start. There's no there's no doubt about. It. But I remember that tournament because. Uh, the 2005 Open Championship, Tiger got off to a fan- phenomenal start. I don't know what he shot on the first nine. I think he shot like six under or something like that, maybe a 30. He was off and running. And I, I mean, already I thought, oh boy, you know, here we go. Uh, because the first round was the round that was always the telltale round for Tiger. He always would would kind of, his whole term would be dictated by that first round. And and he would always start off a little nervous, typically. Because in the first round, you can lose a term. If you're a great player, you can lose a major championship in the first round. You can't win it, but you can lose it. And I always felt there's more pressure in the first round than any other any other round. But he got off to a great start, great start in that term and shot nothing on the first nine. That was just kind of off and running the whole, the whole way. One of my, my, my big memories was, uh, on the driving range. And I think it was, it was either, it was either the third or fourth round. I can't remember exactly what round it was, but we were on the driving range and, you know, there's different yardage markers out on the driving range. They stick them out there, set them up. When they set up the range, they stick some yards markers up. They got a 50-yard marker. They got a 100-yard marker. They got a 150-yard marker. They got a 200-yard marker. 
And I remember one day warming up and Tiger would start off every day warming up. He'd, he'd hit some wedges first. And he starts off hitting a little sand wedge to the 50-yard marker. And he hit the 50-yard marker like on the first shot. You know, I mean, just only 50 yards away. He's Tiger Woods. He just, you know, bounced it into the 50-yard marker. I thought, well, good shot. You know, then then he move on to the 75-yard marker. And sure enough, within five or six shots, he's bounced one into the 75-yard marker. This is a true story. And then he gets to the 100-yard marker. And he bounces one into the 100-yard marker. And it doesn't hit the one or the the first, you know, the, the the last zero, it hits the middle zero. And I'm thinking, geez, he's hit every yardage marker so far. And then he hits the 150-yard marker. And I remember saying to Steve Williams, I said, I said, Stevie, and I was kind of half joking. I said, if Tiger gets that ball within like 100 yards of the hole. I said, tell him not to aim at the at the pin. Because he's hit the yardage marker. He's hit, he's hit four yardage markers so far. And he's nailing them all right in the center. And he kind of chuckled. Anyway, anyway, I remember that. that on the, it was either the second hole or the third hole. And Tiger had like 100 yards in. And sure enough, if he didn't bang that thing right off the pin, ricochet off the pin and into the sand trap. Uh, you know, he ended up winning by a bunch. Anyways, but I'll never, I'll never forget that hitting, hitting all those those yardage markers. Oh my God, he was so dialed in. No way he was ever going to lose that tournament. That was incredible. All right, I got another another good story for you about the uh, 2006 uh, Open Championship at Hoy Lake that I'll share with you uh, when I come back. Remember, if you've got uh, aches and pains, muscle soreness, arthritis pain, uh, joint pain. Whatever it is, try my Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. You can get it for free. Just go to voodoopainrelief.com and uh, you will get some relief. Everybody does. It's guaranteed, although you don't need a guarantee because you're, you're getting it for free. But uh, there's a reason why people keep reordering this product because it works. And they send me these emails time and time again. People just raving about the product. I want you to try it. I want you to try it for free because I know you're going to like it. I know it's going to help you. And all you have to do is go to VoodooPainRelief.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. 
So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my All right, my next uh, story is about the 2006 Open Championship at Hoy Lake, which Tiger Woods also won, and that was a that was a big one. I mean, that was the first major that he won after his uh, father had passed away. Uh, that was an emotional win for him. What do I remember about that tournament? That was one of the arguably his greatest ball striking tournament ever, and I think people regard it as one of the best ball striking tournaments of all time. And it really was. That was the tournament where he, he hit one driver in like the uh, whole tournament. I think and he hit a three-wood off of 17 on Sunday, par five. But other than that, he didn't he he didn't hit any he didn't hit any woods. And it was it, it was the practice round, the first practice round. Remember we we got over there because we 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 would get over there early. Tee off in the, you know, like Saturday or Sunday morning. I can't remember exactly what day it was, but we got over there, you know, before Monday. You know, traditionally people start practice rounds on Monday, but we got there before then. And uh, I think it was Sunday. We flew over there. We'd, you know, basically fly all night, get there and go right to the golf course and, you know, play a little, little practice round. And we got out on the first hole and target driver off the first hole. And the course was really, really firm, really, really baked out. And he had driver off the first hole and, you know, didn't, didn't hit it great. You know, I mean, he, let's face it. I mean, he was not the straightest driver. Although when people criticize his driving during the period of time that I I helped him 2004 through 2010, it's uh, really not altogether accurate because if you go back and look at the statistics 
And, you know, of course, now they have the strokes gain statistics. I mean, all the idiots in the media used to tell me all the time about his driving accuracy ranking and, you know, so on and so forth. Then they tell me about his distance ranking. Of course, they didn't take into effect that he used the shortest ball, a Nike ball, the shortest ball on the PGA Tour by over 10 yards. Uh, they don't. They didn't take that into account. Um, how could they? They, 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 they didn't know anything. Uh, so these people in the media would tell me all about his driving accuracy, and and I'd say, you know what, he doesn't he doesn't drive the ball in trouble, he doesn't hit it out of bounds, doesn't hit it in the water, uh, you know, he didn't hit all the fairways, but you know, he hits it a long way. When you hit a long way, you're not going to hit it hit it straight all the time. Anyway, his his driving uh, strokes gained statistics numbers were good, like you know, top ten, five. I mean, I remember like I think 2006, he was fifth, something like that. Uh, he was a better driver than people would gave him credit for during that period of time. And of course, he was the most dominant uh, player you know ever during that period. And won forty five percent of his tournaments, top ten eighty five percent of the time. So driving accuracy didn't matter. But you, but see, here is the thing: when they played at Hoy Lake, you immediately noticed that the bunkers were totally unplayable. Every time you hit it in a fairway bunker, you literally had to come out sideways. So the fairway bunkers might as well just been water hazards. Hit it in a fairway bunker, take a drop, and hit from there. I mean, that's it, it, essentially every time you hit it in a fairway bunker, you were taking a one-shot penalty. And Tiger quickly saw how firm the golf course was, and he thought, you know what? If I can keep the ball out of the bunkers and never have a penalty, for hitting it in a bunker, because every one of them is a one-shot penalty, equivalent of. If I could eliminate that, he said, I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna win this tournament. And that's when he decided he had one driver in the practice round, and that was it. And after that, he just started playing all irons. And see, here's the thing. Like, you know, people would say, well, you know, boy, that was an amazing, uh, you know, a strategy. How, you know, coming up with that strategy was great. It wasn't just the strategy. That was the least. Anybody could have come up with that strategy. Hit an iron. The problem was is the bunkers were situated where if you hit less than a driver, a three-wood would still get to the bunker. The driver, you know, could maybe carry the bunker, but you don't know where it's going to end up. If you hit an iron off the tee, most players would have been too far back. The golf course would have played just absolutely too long but tiger had that incredible stinger shot when i was with him he could hit that ball just head high i could just see it right now just holding that finish extending that release uh, and he would hit that low shot in and that iron he could run that iron out there 20 30 40 yards longer than the other players so the other players couldn't hit iron because they didn't have that shot. And Tiger wouldn't have had that shot had it not been for the fact that, well, one, he had that shot, but two, he couldn't have used that shot if the golf course hadn't have been so firm. But because he it was so firm and he had that low shot, he could play that low shot. And if he hit that two iron just head high, head high stinger, running out there like crazy, no matter how far it ran, it was still going to be just short of the bunkers. And it was a perfect strategy for only him. 
and he, he he employed that strategy the, the the whole time and it was just it was it was absolutely in, in, incredible uh, the shot that stands out for me is the shot on i think it was on saturday when he hold the four iron out on the uh, par four on the back nine it was just amazing shot i mean he had so many amazing shots it was incredible but uh the the strategy was one that everybody thought oh it's this incredible strategy well, it was a strategy that would only work for him because he's the only one that had that incredible stinger shot. Anyway, those are two of my uh, my biggest Open Championship uh, memories. I love the Open Championship. One, one thing I don't like about the Open Championship, here's, what, here's the one thing I don't like. Yeah, well, I, I don't mind it when I'm watching, but I didn't like it as a coach because what would happen as a coach is you would prepare – with with the player, whoever it was I was helping, you would pr- prepare and prepare and you think, okay, you know, we're ready to go. And you know what? You know, he's playing good enough to win this tournament. Whoever it was, whether it was Mark, whether it was Tiger, he's playing good enough to win this tournament. But now comes the luck factor. And you have more of a luck factor at open championships than you have at any other tournament. And the, the, the problem is they have, it's because the days are so incredibly long and they're links courses, meaning they're, you know, typically near water. So what happens is, is they have long day, big field. Tea times are stretched out forever. I mean, they'll start at like, you know, six in the morning and go till three o'clock in the afternoon. So the tee times are forever. I mean, they are so long and there's so many players in the field. The tide comes in, the tide goes out. Every time the tide changes, the, the wind changes, the weather changes. And there's so many years at the open championship where you'll look at the leader leaderboard and you'll look at the top 20 players on the leaderboard and 15 out of the top 20 or 16 of the top 20 will have come from the early morning wave on Thursday. Because what will happen is, like, you know, players will tee off on Thursday morning and they'll have no wind and no rain. And then all of a sudden in the afternoon, it's pouring down rain. The wind's blowing 40 miles an hour. And it's just luck of the draw. It's just luck of the draw. You know, it's like... Do you get do you get morning time on Thursday and afternoon on Friday or afternoon on Thursday, morning on Friday? And what's the weather going to be like? And the days are so long, the weather changes so much, the likelihood that it's going to be the same all day long is very, very slim. Does not happen very it happens, but not very often. But that's why I always feared. I always feared, oh man, I hope we don't get screwed with the weather. I mean, I just hope, you know, when we tee off, I hope, you know, we get good weather, you know, both days. Or at least don't get, you know, the worst of it. You know, maybe we can overcome it, but let's just not let's hopefully we won't get the worst of it. That's the one thing about the Open Championship that's uh, so hard to predict. So when people are predicting the who's going to win, this guy's going to win, or I think that guy's going to win, I mean, it's it's all such an absolute guess. Because you don't, how do you, you know, you, hey, I'll hear everybody on TV and radio, and they're all saying, oh, I think this guy's going to win. I think this, how do you know what weather that guy's going to get? 
I mean, that guy you just are so sure you think is going to win might have zero chance to win. Because if he gets the bad weather just by the luck of the draw, your chances are gone. It's a lot of preparation. It's a long trip to get over there. I mean, it's not luxurious accommodations over there. Don't kid yourself. I mean, it's not. Uh, and you get over there, and then all of a sudden you get the bad weather or the bad end of the draw, and you you had you had no chance, pretty much. And that happens. That's the one thing about the Open Championship that, uh, you know, is kind of, you know, well, as a coach, I didn't like it. And the players, too. They are, they, they, they fear. You just got to do your best. You just got to prepare and, and just take it as it comes. But that's the that's the one thing that you see at a British Open, an Open Championship. Yeah, you got a little luck of the draw with the with the tee times. All right. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. I uh, can't wait for the Open Championship this week. It's going to be absolutely uh, must-watch for me, for sure. Can't wait. Follow me on Twitter, at Hank Haney. Email your questions and comments to hankhaneygolf at outlook.com. Get your free offers, uh, Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. Get it at voodoopainrelief.com. And my instructional videos at haneyuniversity.com. Hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app so you get the podcast every day. And uh, hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Hank Henny Podcast. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All-inclusive vacations make life easy with endless eats, bottomless drinks, and never-ending fun. So booking an all-inclusive vacation should be easy too, right? That's where Apple Vacations comes in. Book your all-inclusive getaway with Apple Vacations and receive exclusive perks at select resorts. You'll find the best deals to Hyatt, Zalara, Riviera Maya in Mexico and enjoy a selection of exclusive nonstop vacation flights. Turn on easy mode at applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Visit applevacations.com or call your local travel advisor to get started. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.